What is going on, everybody? I am your host, Juice Wayne, and I just want to say thank you to everybody that downloaded last week's podcast. I really appreciate it, whether you downloaded it on Anchor or whether you listened to it on Spotify or any other place that it's available. I believe we're available in five spots now, but thank you so much. This is episode two of the podcast, Batman News Weekly. And uh, yeah, so I'm alone today. Like I said, uh, my friend Clay is always available to come back and join us. But, you know, the one thing I noticed when we were recording that episode last week, because we had to record it kind of fast, because I needed it to be out on Friday, and there was that big thing happening in Batman 77. Spoilers, if you don't know, Alfred was killed. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, I gotta get this freaking thing out now. So I didn't even talk about what you can expect on this podcast. And I'm gonna go ahead and do that here in case that wasn't clear. But what you can expect from Batman News Weekly is that I'm going to bring you the best, the worst, the most notable things you need to know about Batman and the Batman universe. Because if you're like me, you absolutely love the Batman I was going to say Cape Crusader, but whatever. You know, you absolutely love everything about Batman, but sometimes it's really hard to keep up with everything he's doing because it seems like he's all over the place. So I'm going to go ahead and bring you all of the good stuff that is happening with the Batman. Of course, sometimes I can't even keep up with everything, but I'm going to bring you the best, the worst, the most controversial things that are happening throughout the week. Today's show is going to be jam-packed. We have the Joker trailer stuff, we got Titans trailer stuff, and there's so much going on in the comic books. It was a huge week for Batman comics if you are interested in all things Batman. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into this and talk about that Joker trailer. One thing that has happened since the last Batman News Weekly is I converted an old channel of mine that was called Juicy Games to now called Juice Reacts, where I'm going to start reacting to all of these trailers, these uh, you know movie trailers, show trailers, video games, anything really. I'm going to start reacting to a bunch of stuff over on that old channel, and one thing I did do is a reaction to the Joker trailer movie. Joker trailer movie? I don't even know if that sounds right. Whatever. But I did react to this and gave my thoughts on it. So if you've seen that video, this might be a little bit repeat for you, but I'm going to kind of just talk about what I think about this. Now, I did talk to my friend Clay about this because we were chatting about it, and uh, I will say that I had to watch this trailer twice. I don't know how you guys felt about it. I don't know if you watched and you're like, oh my god, this is going to be the greatest thing of all time. That's not really how I was. I watched it and I was like, okay, this is, you know, it's interesting. But once, and I was recording my reaction, obviously. And once I stopped recording, I rewatched it and I was like, oh man, there's like so many little subtle things going on in this trailer. And I had to re-record. I mean, I re-recorded a little bit to talk a little bit more in that video because... It was one of those trailers you had to watch again. It's not like the Marvel MCU stuff or even the DCEU stuff where you're just like, oh my God, because you see Easter eggs or whatever. A new character shows up, somebody, you get a glimpse of something that might be really awesome or there's just a cool action scene. The Joker has none of that. It's just so subtle. And I, I had to talk about it some more. And I think that's why I'm going to love this movie is because I wasn't wowed by the trailer, but I think it is going to just be this amazing story of a character developing into this crazy person. I mean, we really don't know yet because it seems like this is just a very troubled person and you're going to care for Arthur Fleck and maybe even enjoy his ascension into the Joker. 
Because like I said in that reaction video, I genuinely have felt like that before. Not like I want to go crazy and become a clown person, but just in, there's this one scene in the trailer where he's just making this kid laugh. And then the mom turns around and she's like, can you stop, you know, annoying my kid or whatever? And then he just feels terrible. He just, you can see it in Joaquin Phoenix's performance that, you know, this guy was just trying to do something nice and the kid was enjoying it, but somebody else just kind of rained on his par parade. And I, I've definitely felt that before because sometimes you think you're doing something good and then somebody just shits on you and you're just like well man damn I was just trying to be nice or whatever so I just feel like there's going to be a lot of that and also Arthur in this movie just seems very awkward he I don't know if you've met people like that I've met plenty of people like this where they just feel like out of place like any you might even want to be their friend you might want to talk to them but they just don't know how to I guess, talk or engage socially. So every conversation seems kind of awkward. That feels that that that's how Arthur comes across to me in this Joker trailer. And I'm just excited to see how he is going to be. I should say excited and interested to see how he is going to evolve into this Joker character. And we even saw that like we see somewhat of his motivation in this trailer where Robert De Niro's character, it seems like he's going to be like a Conan O'Brien or a Jay Leno talk show host kind of guy, maybe Carson. And he makes fun of Arthur doing a little bit of stand up. I guess somebody sends him a clip or I don't really know how he gets this clip. And it's just, you know, Arthur doing his stand up. And then it's just like, you know, nobody's laughing at me now. And then, you know, he makes fun of him. And so you're just like, oh, okay. And then, and Arthur's watching that on this show. And you just see his like whole, like his soul just kind of like crack almost. And that could be the inspiration of why he decides to become the Joker. Or it, you know, that's what pushes him over the edge or whatever. And he's in a hospital bed. So it looks like his mom's about to die, who's more than likely going to be a big part of his life. So I don't know. This trailer had a lot going on. There was also this one scene where he has like half of his face painted and he's like contorting his body a little bit. It just looked really interesting. And I feel like this show, this movie is going to have a lot of just, I think you're going to watch this movie twice. Honestly, I think this is going to be one of those movies you watch twice. And on the second go around, you're just going to realize so many more things that you didn't the first time. And I actually kind of like movies like that. Of course, I love movies that you can see the first time. You're just like, this is the greatest movie of all time. And you go tell all your friends about it. But I feel like Joker is going to be one of those ones where you enjoy it. But then when you watch it the second time, you enjoy it even more. Uh, just because it is one of those types of movies where you're going to be following the character more than just a bunch of cool moments, I guess. I don't know. I'm a sucker for cinematic films, films that look and feel just unique and different. Because this is you know whatever anybody ever says this is a comic book movie it's not just a regular movie although it is made to feel like something that doesn't belong in a comic comic book universe but this is the joker it's totally a comic book movie it's just done in an elseworld style there's nothing very flashy or i mean the director even said there's no cgi in this movie but that's not something that they're really pushing for and that's what i think sets it aside from an mcu movie or a dceu movie is they're not trying to get you with the flashbang exciting scenes they're just trying to get you with just pure acting and story and that has me excited for this joker trailer i should say joker movie but whatever i want to know if you guys are excited about this because i was super pumped super pumped after watching this multiple times because you know just the filmmaker in me just I want to see good movies and I said it in that video I've said it a million times in other videos I was that person that said we do not need a Joker movie this is pointless I don't want it 
Joker doesn't need an origin, but I will be the first to tell you that Todd Phillips has changed my mind. I'm super excited about this movie. Didn't want it, didn't need it, but I will definitely be there night one to watch this movie. Moving on from Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker over to the DC Universe app where they dropped the trailer for Titan Season 2. And I have to say, this is going to be interesting. And I'm, I'm kind of torn here, because I don't know if you guys have seen Season 1 of Titans. Was not a big fan of it. Was not a big fan of Titans. They, they had good episodes, and they had some really bad episodes. So I just kind of say the whole series was okay, in my opinion. I think the strongest characters in Titans were the ones that were actually not part of the main group, like Hawk and Dove. And, you know, Wonder Girl, I thought those episodes were some of the best ones. Even the Doom Patrol one. All of those episodes were the best ones, but those characters are not in the core of the Titans. It seems like they are going to be in this upcoming season, but I don't know. It just, I was not a big fan of Raven. I thought she was the weakest link, the weakest part of the season. And now it seems like she's grown up. She's a little bit more casual Raven, or I don't really know what the story is going to be, but everybody looks a little bit different, a little bit more grown up in this season. And I'm, if, if it's going to get away from the like emo, I have a lot of issues kind of Raven that they were portraying in the first season, and she's just kind of grown up and she's more of a character and just helping out the team, I'll be really cool with that. Uh, but if it's still just going to be focusing on her, which I don't think it will be anymore because I think the Trigon story is going to be done in the first episode or two, and then we're going to start moving on to the Deathstroke uh, part of the season. I think that's going to be really cool. But I think that was the biggest issue with season one was it focused too much on Raven. I know the story was supposed to center around her, but when you have a story centered around a character that isn't so, I guess, I pol like polarizing isn't the right word, but just isn't like they don't carry the show by themselves. I think it was a big issue. I would have cared cared more about, you know, Dick Grayson or anybody else, to be honest. I even enjoyed Starfire stuff more than Raven, but you just knew everything was centered around her. So season two, I have high hopes because I'm hoping that, you know, with the success of Doom Patrol, with the success of Swamp Thing, which unfortunately got canceled because of budget reasons or AT&T not understanding the show, that's a whole different topic. I'm really hoping that Titan saw the success of those two shows and we're like, we got to mimic that instead of trying to do what we did in season one. So I'm really kind of just praying that everything kind of gets better and it looks better. From this trailer, the suits look amazing. It looks like we're going to get a lot of flashbacks when it comes to, you know, the Titans because the one thing is you never really saw Aqualad with the, I guess, more casual Titans. You always just saw him in a suit and everybody else. So I think what's going to happen is there was this one moment in the trailer where um, Donna Troy, right? I'm forgetting her name right now. She talks about how this place is haunted or it's, you know, it's there, there's bad stuff going on here. And I believe they're in Titan Tower. So I wouldn't be surprised if Aqualad actually died in this series and there was something going on with her and him and Donna Troy. And then that is why the Titans kind of disbanded because maybe they lost a member. Maybe that's why Dick Grayson doesn't want to create another team because he lost somebody before and he was most likely the leader of Titans before that. So I don't know. I have to say that there is a lot of elements that look really exciting. Deathstroke suit looks dope. And I was talking to this with Clay and he was he said he saw two images from the CW show and the new DC Universe show. And it's just so sad how different they are and how we used to think 
that the Slade Wilson in the Arrow show looked cool, but now we have this one. We have the version from Justice League, and it's just kind of sad like how budgets really dictate how something comes out, how something looks. Because this new, I'm so glad they didn't go with the fully armored Deathstroke. It's still armor, but they kind of went with a more sleek look. And they, they picked a different suit instead of just trying to copy the one from the CW or even the one from the Justice League. So I'm glad we got a different looking Deathstroke. I wish his his uh, helmet didn't have two eyes. I like the Deathstroke that has the eye that's missing is gone. It's covered. And he just has the one eye slot for his actual eye. I always thought that mask was kind of cool and would have been better here. But, you know, I think just I, I honestly don't know why they picked it because they could have easily done that. He has the eye patch in this. We see him. And then we know that it's going to have a lot of his family in this, too. It's going to be so interesting because Deathstroke is one of the best Batman villains there is because he's on par fighting wise with Batman, with Robin, you know, Nightwing, Red Hood, anybody. Deathstroke is on par with that. And now that he's bringing his family into it, which obviously just like the Robins, he's trained his son, his daughter, everything to be just as good as he is. So we're going to be able to probably see some really cool fights go down in Titan Season 2 with the newer Titans or even the older Titans. And it's going to be this whole Deathstroke family. And I'm really excited to see that because I mentioned it in the React video that there were rumors that Episode 7 or so is supposed to be a Deathstroke versus Nightwing like bloody fight or something like that. And if we have a really cool choreographed fight between Nightwing and Deathstroke, I think that could be really awesome. And what if, just throwing this out there, might be a rumor, might be a theory... But what if Nightwing, like, severely gets his ass kicked, right? Like, super just gets beat down. Maybe Deathstroke takes out the whole Titans team. I don't really know what's going to happen here. And then just to say he gets beat up, and what if it brought out Batman? That would be nuts. Because one thing that they hinted at in the trailer is that, you know, Dick Grayson still doesn't have a, a costume. They show him burning the Robin suit so he never got the Nightwing suit in season one and he's supposed to get in season two from the trailer though they're kind of hinting that he might become Batman because there's you know he goes back to Wayne Manor he talks to Bruce Wayne he's asking him like would you ever do anything different Bruce is like I would do everything exactly the same and they're just it seems like they're going to be building their relationship in season two and then it looks like since he's looking for a new identity Bruce is more than likely given up the mantle of Batman because he does look older in this series. I don't know, maybe he's offering it to Dick Grayson to become Batman. And maybe the Titans are like, maybe it's time for you to become Batman. And then of course we know he'll probably be like, no, Batman is Batman. I need to be something else. And he'll be end up becoming Nightwing. But that would be pretty cool if he does become Nightwing, gets his butt kicked, and then we get to see Batman show up to help the Titans fight Deathstroke and his family. That would be really cool. Because, again, we haven't had a full-blown Batman on a show. We've had the in-the-shadows kind of Batman, but we've never had a full-blown, let's make a suit for him, give him airtime, and just actually fight somebody. Even if they wanted to have him fighting in the end. Maybe Dick Grayson gets his butt kicked and Batman saves his life. That might be even be cool. I just think that this Titans show has a lot of potential. I thought it had a lot of potential in season one. It's just, I don't think, it was the first show on the network. You know, I think that it's a pilot series. I always tell everybody, when you watch these superhero shows, you should give them the first season. Because I think a lot of show creators, if they're not comic book fans, they're learning about these characters. They're trying to get to know what makes them tick, what makes them great. 
And sometimes the first seasons are the worst seasons of a lot of these comic book shows. And unfortunately, if it's on something like sci-fi, you only get one season, which it's not a dig at sci-fi, but it's just, it sucks because I think they get a lot of amazing comic book shows, but they don't get the ratings, unfortunately, because a lot of people just don't own sci-fi or they don't have the channel or whatever. I've seen a lot of comic book shows come up there and get canceled, which, but they were all really good. They were all, shout out Deadly Class. Shout out to freaking Happy. I loved those shows, but they were just killed too soon. I mean, even Krypton. I didn't watch Krypton, but I heard that was really good. I'm excited for season two. I gave it season one a chance, but this just seems like it's going to be a lot better. It has a lot of potential, but I don't really know where they're going to go with this because season one ended so weird. It just, you know, it, it, it was supposed to have a whole extra episode, and you could tell. It was supposed to have a whole extra episode, and it just ended with Dick Grayson and the crew kind of in mind control. I don't know how they're going to start that off. To be honest, every DC Universe show has kind of ended weirdly. If you haven't seen all of them, I'm not going to spoil them. But they all do end kind of weirdly. And, and, and that's probably my only gripe about some of the shows is it doesn't seem like... It seems like they leave them on cliffhangers because they think they're going to get a second season. But I don't know. It's just a really odd way to end every season so far. Before we move on to the comic books, let's jump over to the last bit of movie news. Or I should just say kind of film news that we got going on with Batman. And that is James Gunn's... Suicide Squad because this thing is about to start filming in a few days. I don't know if they said it was September 13th or September 7th, but this thing is about to start filming. So the castings for this movie are coming out like crazy. I will say that somebody asked James Gunn on Twitter or I believe it was on Instagram because I don't think he's on Twitter anymore or I don't know, maybe he is. I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I don't know. Feel free to correct me on that. But I want to say it was on Instagram. Somebody asked him, when should we expect casting news for Suicide Squad? And he said, very, very soon. So I would assume that's going to come out right before they start filming because they're not going to want, you know, people taking all these photos of like, oh, so-and-so's on the film, so-and-so's on the film. James Gunn is somebody that's more than likely wants to get ahead of all of that news. He wants to break the news opposed to having it leaking on these other websites and stuff, which doesn't really matter because they're going to report anything he says anyway. So they're going to get the clicks no matter what. A lot of news has been coming out anyways. We got confirmation, or I guess I hate saying confirmation, but a lot of people were reporting it that Steve Agee, I believe is how you say his last name, is going to be the voice of of King Shark in Suicide Squad. There's been a lot of hints that King Shark was did I just say King Shark? King Shark is going to be in this movie. And uh cuz if you didn't see if you don't follow James Gunn on Instagram, he's posted photos of the King Sharkade, which is just like I guess the place where the crew, the cast will be able to hang out during the movie set like when they're not filming. And it's just a bunch of arcade games and just board games and stuff. And they just hinted. They put sharks all over the walls. I believe he had a birthday or a congratulations recently. And his cake was King Shark. So a lot of that was, I mean, it's kind of like how he does with Groot or how he does with Rocket. He usually shows his characters a lot. And I believe James Gunn is somebody that just loves the weird, obscure characters. And King Shark is definitely one of those characters. So you're going to be seeing a lot of King Shark throughout I guess the filming of Suicide Squad. So yes, we got Steve Agee, who has worked with James Gunn multiple times. I believe he was just in, was it Brightburn as one of the actors? 
and he was also in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I don't remember who he played in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. But yeah, so he's worked with James Gunn before. He's even, he even worked on Super, if I'm not mistaken, which if you haven't seen Super, Super is amazing. Actually, let me take that back. He didn't work on Super, but this next person that has also been cast in Suicide Squad has, and that is Nathan Fillion, which is very interesting. He's been cast in an unknown role, so we don't know who he's going to play. Uh, apparently, a lot of these castings that I'm about to talk about, besides King Shark, are supposed to be very minimal because they're kind of high-profile actors or they're people that are having busy schedules coming up. So Nathan Fillion, who has worked on Super and Slither with James Gunn, is going to be in Suicide Squad. Now, somebody told me he was supposed to have a cameo, I believe, in Guardians of the Galaxy, and it got uh, cut. So maybe that's why he's going to be in Suicide Squad. James Gunn's like, hey, man, we had to cut it. How about you come show up to Suicide Squad? I'll give you a role in this. But I don't know. I don't have any confirmations of that. But I have been told that he was supposed to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Anyways, Nathan Fillion, who is a very popular person from Firefly, The Rookie, and just a bunch of other things, is a really awesome comedian, is going to be in Suicide Squad, which I think is really cool. I don't know if I mentioned this. I didn't mention it on last week's podcast. But I think I've mentioned it in videos. But also Flula Borg, who I know him from YouTube. I used to watch a lot of his YouTube movies or movies, YouTube videos. Uh, but he's been in a bunch of movies. Uh, he's also going to be in Suicide Squad as somebody's love interest. They haven't confirmed if that is a female character or a male character. But Flula Borg is going to play a love interest in Suicide Squad. And lastly, and I apologize if I butcher this name, but Taika Wahidi, who is the director of Thor... And, you know, Thor Ragnarok and just a bunch of other movies that will be coming out in the near future. He is also going to have a part in Suicide Squad as well. And he's one of those people like Nathan Fillion who has a jam-packed schedule. So a lot of people don't think this is, these are going to be big roles in the movie. Maybe they're going to play characters that get killed really quickly. Or maybe they're just going to be random people in the background. I don't really know. But I know James Gunn is somebody that does love to have cameos or just his friends be in his movies. Like his brother's always in his movies. So I'm really interested to see if he'll be in Suicide Squad. But we'll just have to wait and see for that. So those are all the random casting news that have come out about Suicide Squad. And I'm really hoping we get a full cast soon. Because Margot Robbie is supposed to be in this movie. But there is no confirmation of her being in this. And she's listed on IMDb and she's been listed in other articles but I'm really interested to see if she's actually going to play Harley Quinn twice in one year because she just filmed Birds of Prey at the start of this year, and that means she would be playing Harley Quinn again at the end of this year. And, uh, I mean, she has a jam-packed schedule. And then there's also rumors of her doing, like, Gotham City Sirens and then other, like, uh, another Birds of Prey or whatever. Like, apparently they're going to make, like, a Harley trilogy, which I'm all for, especially if it's Birds of Prey, then Gotham City Sirens, then Birds of Prey versus Gotham City Sirens. I will be totally down for that, especially if it just, you know, has all of these badass female characters in it. Either way, there's a lot going on with the DCEU, the DC Universe. Also, quick question. Have you ever, like, questioned why we call it the DCEU? Why don't we call it the DCCU? I mean, you know, like, DC Comics are the freaking Detective Comics Cinematic Universe. I just feel like that makes more sense. The E is always throwing me off. Anyways, that's a random input in this podcast. But let's go from movie television news to the comic books because, man, so much has happened. So like I said at the start of this podcast, it was a big week for Batman Universe, just comics. So we had Batman Beyond come out this week. We had Batgirl. We had Batman Curse of the White Knight. We had Batman Superman come out. 
we had Detective Comics 110, we had Justice League, and we had Red Hood and the Outlaws. And it was just a really, it was a lot to read. I actually will be honest with you, I only read Justice League, Detective, White Knight, Batman and Robin, and Batgirl. Not Batman and Robin, Batman and Superman. They should have a Batman and Robin comic book. But uh, Batman, Superman, and Batgirl. So I didn't get to Beyond, and I didn't get to Red Hood. But I will say from what I have read, there has been some interesting stuff going on in these comics. Starting off with Batgirl, Batgirl has got another suit. Now, I don't know if this is permanent because, and apparently I missed the last issue, which I was talking to my friend Clay, and I was like, I think I missed an issue because this one started off weird, which blew my mind because I thought I was caught up on Batgirl. In a previous issue, it seems like she was fighting Killer Moth. Uh, yeah, it was Killer Moth, not Firefly. I get them confused. But I believe it was Killer Moth, and she got trapped in a building, and it like kind of fell in, it fell down on her, and her suit basically got ruined. And she went home, and she was like, I don't have another suit prepared. So she basically had to Frankenstein a suit, and it was pretty cool because there was a little bit of homage to Tim Burton's Catwoman suit with the sewing of the cows. That looked kind of cool. And then it kind of had like this, I don't know, it, somebody in the comics says like, I love the new, you know, punk look, Batgirl. And it's just because it's so many different Batgirl costumes meshed into one. And it looked pretty cool in my opinion. So just imagine a bunch of the last few Batgirl costumes mashed together. And it's like this Frankenstein kind of Batgirl suit. The story in that, uh, in Batgirl going on right now, is the program Oracle, which is something she created, has become like a sentient being. It's like a cyborg pretty much. And is trying to find out why it was deprogrammed. And Lex Luthor has offered oracle the program you know like power to destroy like basically the world if he want if she wants to but her whole purpose is trying to find out why she was decommissioned and that was with the story going on it ends in this way of batgirl gonna turn on oracle but she doesn't know oracle's already on and oracle is gonna go after her for decommissioning her it's a really interesting story uh you will have to read like a couple issues before if you want to keep up with that but I thought it was pretty cool. I love when, you know, I love the new Batgirl suit. If that is going to be the new suit, I'm pretty sure she'll get a new one in the, in the next few issues. But I like the whole Frankenstein. And just the idea that she's going to fight her program that she created or just her old self because she was Oracle. She was a person, obviously. But I don't know. That It's a cool, interesting story. But if you haven't kept up with Batgirl, you might definitely be lost uh, in kind of reading what's going on because a lot has changed in the, I think it's like 38 issues that have been out, so. But we're going to go ahead and jump from Batgirl to Detective Comics because I, I, a lot of people are not really liking Detective Comics at the moment or they're just not wowed by it. I don't know. A lot of people say the same thing about Tom King's Batman run, so it really depends on who you pick or who you decide to talk to when it comes to this. I don't really have an issue with Detective Comics right now. Uh, I'm not a fan of, like, there. there's kind of, like, these little one-shot stories that, like, they just take kind of a classic Batman villain like Joker or, you know, right now it's Deadshot, and they make these mini stories out of them. I prefer longer-form content that is, like, 6 to 12 issues or, as in Tom King's case, 100 issues. Uh, that is a constant stories that are ongoing in a bigger story where right now it just kind of seems like they're doing these short stories, and I'm not a super fan of them, although this is this particular one is interesting because... What is happening is somebody has paid Deadshot to, I guess, kill Bruce Wayne and kill some other billionaires in, I guess, that have to do with the Wayne Enterprises Corporation or whatever it's technically named. 
And uh, what happens is Deathstroke, not Deathstroke, Deadshot sneaks onto this plane that has all these business people on it and starts, you know, causing trouble. And I believe they get hit by lightning and the thing gets knocked down onto a deserted island. Bruce Wayne, because he's not in the bat suit, uh, ends up meeting these other two people, these old men that have been deserted on this island for like 70 years or something like that. Apparently they are from World War II, which is crazy. So these guys are hella old. But they're from World War II, and they became friends. There's like this little like war story that's in this comic book, which, which I was totally fine with. Uh, but he ends up like kind of talking to these guys and kind of giving them like history about what's happened since the war's been over. And then he kind of goes after Deathstroke. Like he's like, "Hey guys, like there's some stuff going on. I need to save some people. I need some stuff." And he ends up kind of taking their clothes. And I guess he has his bat cow with him. I don't know. It's really weird because he's wearing a bat cow. And he goes and he fights Deathstroke. Deadshot! Jesus, I'm sorry that I cannot get those names right. Anyways, the comic kind of ends with Bruce kind of running away, trying to go help people. And it looks like Deadshot's about to shoot him in the crosshairs. Now, the weird thing about this comic, which does have me annoyed, because I would be fine if this was just a Deathstroke. God dang it! Dead shot. Deadshot. Sorry every time I call him Deathstroke if this was a Deadshot versus Batman comic. But the way these things have been getting promoted is that this has to do with the Mr. Freeze storyline. And Mr. Freeze only shows up on the last to last two pages of these two past issues, which is just kind of annoying to me because I'm assuming that Freeze is paying Deathstroke to kill Bruce Wayne or to kill these people. I really don't know because we're not learning anything about Freeze. He's just with Nora, who's his wife, and he's just doing Mr. Freeze things, saying that he's going to save her and do all this stuff. So that's the only thing that really bothers me about Detective right now is it seems it's supposed to be a Mr. Freeze story, but we just have this dead shot freaking story going on, which I'm totally cool with. Like I said, the story is fine to me. I know a lot of people aren't liking it right now. I'm totally okay with the story because I've always been fine with random little stories that you learn a little bit more about the characters. Not so much like, I'm Batman, I always win. I love those stories too. But sometimes I just love seeing the other people in his life or just, I don't know. I mean, one of the things that I always bring up is I actually loved um, Batman No Man's Land. Everybody might know it from Gotham, you know, but the story that it adapted from was a really cool story of all of these other random little stories of people surviving in no man's land and it's something i really enjoyed because i think that's what people forget about i mean yes we create these ma amazing big worlds in comic books but you're always focused on batman or batgirl or whatever you never really think about the other characters that are in the stories like lucius fox jim gordon bullock you know all these other random third tier characters i mean i don't think jim gordon's a third tier he's a second tier in my opinion but you know you, you just forget about them and like what are they doing in this disaster or whatever and i don't know so i always like stuff like that and that's kind of what they're doing here in detective i just don't like the mr freeze aspect it's really weird there's that now let's move on to batman superman now this might be something you guys out there or gals might want to pick up this story if you're a fan of, you know, the whole Metal series or the Batman Who Laughs because this is actually a continuation from the Batman Who Laughs comic. There was seven issues of Batman versus the Batman Who Laughs that had just came out in recent months, and this is a continuation of that because one thing we learned in that storyline is that the Batman Who Laughs 
has corrupted members of the Justice League. And it could be anybody. It could be Wonder Woman. It could be Green Lantern. It's just anybody you can think of that's part of the Justice League, they could be secret agents for the Batman Who Laughs. And we get the first secret agent in this story, which I think is pretty cool. Gonna spoil it for you if you haven't read it, but it turns out to be Shazam. And to be honest, okay, and to be honest, it's not really a spoiler because DC has been spoiling the hell out of this series, which has got me kind of annoyed because I prefer to find out this stuff like shockingly opposed to it being a promotion, like, you know, a scheme to be like, oh, read this comic because Shazam's a bad guy. Uh, I don't really like that. Uh, but, you know, Shazam has basically been infected by the Batman who laughs and he is going to fight Batman and Superman in this comic book. I don't know how you guys feel about the Batman-Superman dynamic. I'm actually a really big fan of it because they're so opposite ends of the spectrum. And usually it's a really cool way to see how they're best friends. Because you always think, you know, Bruce's best friend is Alfred or Dick and all that stuff. And yeah, I would, I would assume that is. You would think Superman's best friend is his son, his wife, all of that. But when it comes to, you know, superheroes and the Justice League, Bruce and Clark are are best friends like they will do anything to defend each other same thing with diana but you don't ever see like a batman wonder woman comic or anything like that maybe we should or you should just see the trinity how they all help each other we've had comics like that before but batman superman has always been kind of like a bros comic book and just showing how well they work together and this comic had some really interesting stuff one it starts off with this crazy storyline about how the batman who laughs kills superman in the dark multiverse and the whole justice league and it's pretty brutal like i'm not gonna tell you what happens exactly because i do i always want everybody to go read comic books you should be reading comic books because they're amazing but yeah if you just want to go ahead and get this comic or look it up or whatever but the way the batman who laughs kills superman and the justice league in his world is kind of gangster. Anyways, back on Earth Zero, which is the Earth of all the comic book characters we know and love, Batman basically calls, you know, Superman over to Gotham because he needs his help. And they're talking to Gordon, who, aka, might be a secret agent of the Batman who laughs as well. But they're talking to Gordon because a kid has gone missing. Superman's usually like, well, why do you need me? And apparently this kid said that, or I should say a witness to, you know, who saw this kid get kidnapped, said he got kidnapped by Superman. So, of course, Superman's like, what? What's going on there? Of course, Bruce is like, well, let me call Clark and see what's going on. Because, of course, Bruce is going to question everybody. And if anybody can be a secret agent of Batman who laughs, he's got to kind of question Clark. So he's kind of low-key questioning Clark when they're happening, like when they're going to try to find this kid. And Clark's like, how would I be, you know, somebody who the Batman who laughs is? And blah, 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 blah. They're constantly, you know, just kind of going back and forth. Like, you know, why would you think I am that person or whatever? But the cool thing that happens here as this comic is going on, Batman is asking, you know, Clark, how would you take me out if I was, you know, a Batman who laughs? Or if I if I went evil, how would you take me out? And Clark's like, I don't think like that. I'm not you. And he's like, nobody's you. Nobody thinks like you. And he's like, come on, you're telling me you have never thought about that? Like, blah, blah, blah. He's basically trying to question or trying to see if Clark would be a bad guy and see how, you know, Clark, Clark would take him out. Anyways, this is all happening on the way to find the Batman Who Laughs, like, Batcave. And we find that it's, like, you know, it's a super creepy, gothic, like, just basically evil Batcave. And we find out that the Batarangs are ways that will turn people into the Batman Who Laughs, or the dark versions of their characters. 
And I don't know, there's just this cool thing. They find out that it could be anybody in the Justice League, and then we see Shazam show up as a Robin. It's actually Billy Batson, who's in this demon Robin costume who's been turned, and then he turns into Shazam, and he starts fighting Bruce and Clark. And that's kind of the way the comic book ends. But there's this one line in the comic book that I absolutely love because apparently, you know, there's again, these are things I love about the comics when you build stories is that Clark and Bruce have apparently have these conversations when I guess they're just Clark and Bruce or when they're Batman and Superman just doing a mission together where they talk about why they would never cross that line or why they're never like the villains that they fight. Like they'll never stoop to that level because they would just become the villain. But it's not just that simple. Batman literally says this in the comic book. Superman and I have this ongoing debate about what would happen if we use the same tactics as our enemies. It always ends the same. I tell him my concerns and he smiles and says that I worry too much. But the thing that always scares me was this. If heroes ever started to act like their enemies, we'd be better villains than they ever were. That is awesome because you really think about it what is the one thing that always or i should say usually not always usually happens in comic books the superheroes always win meaning the superheroes always need to be better than the villains and just thinking that batman and superman have these conversations about like oh yeah what if we you know what if i killed everybody like the joker what if i killed all my enemies i'm just as bad as the joker but to think that batman's biggest fear is I wouldn't just kill and become the Joker. I'd be better than the Joker. And that is nuts. That is something really cool to think about. And I really loved that dialogue. I really loved that just conversation that Bruce and Clark were having in the comic book. So there you have it for that. That is issue one of Batman Superman. Now, I don't know how many issues this is going. I don't know if it's six or 12. They usually have that on the cover, but it doesn't say that. So this could be an ongoing story, although I think it's going to be more of a probably a maxi series. So you could probably expect about 12 issues of this. Uh, but it might be less. I'm just, I, like I said, it doesn't say on the cover, so I don't really remember how far this is going to go. But apparently each issue is supposed to have another member that is infected, and we'll see how they cure them or what happens with these secret agents that are going on. It's a really interesting story. I wouldn't necessarily say you have to read The Batman Who Laughs to pick up that story. I think you can get the gist of it if you just read issue one. But if you want to pick up The Batman Who Laughs, uh, you know, I would say... It's an interesting read. It wasn't my favorite. It is written by Scott Snyder, and Scott Snyder is awesome, but I feel like that's kind of a Scott Snyder miss, in my opinion. I just felt like I was more intrigued by his other story, which is Last Night on Earth. I'm more Those kind of came out around the same time. I'm more intrigued with that story than I was Batman Who Laughs. I think it's also because I just feel like we're oversaturated with the Batman Who Laughs. He had a huge part in Justice League and the whole Metal series, and then, you know, he got his whole spinoff. And it's just it just feels like there's a lot of Batman Who Laughs going on right now, plus a bunch of Joker stuff. So I kind of want to get away from that. So I just I don't think I cared about that story that much. But I will say that, you know, Batman and Superman together are always cool. So, you know, I, I highly recommend picking up that story if you want to read something interesting. Finally, moving on to the last and probably the best Batman book of this week is the Black Label comic book Batman curse of the white knight and this is actually book two if you haven't read book one you want to go pick that up definitely because it is a good read but uh, if you don't know the gist of this is going on this is actually a sequel or a continuation to uh white knight batman white knight which was where joker became jack napier again 
And he just, you know, kind of showed Gotham that Batman isn't as great as you think he is and kind of showed all of these secrets of Batman and how Gotham's been protecting him for so long. So this is a continuation of that. But this time around, we're starting to see that Azrael is basically the main antagonist in this story. And I have to say that what I love about just comic books, or mostly, it's mostly the Batman universe, is I love Elseworld stories, like, so much. Or just even different era stories. Like, even if White Knight was considered continuity, which there's they've changed a lot, so I don't want it to be considered continuity. But some of the stuff he's done in the past, there's this story going on, I believe, in, like, the 1600s It's where it's based. But it's kind of like the Zorro character, which is basically supposed to be the Batman breaks into like the Wayne Manor which I don't know apparently all of the Waynes back in this era died from the plague but he is like the lost Wayne and he said he grew up in the building or whatever basically he's getting arrested right and then the person the guard that is taking him basically says you want to get out of this come work for me and believe in God and you won't go to prison and it turns out to be like a disciple of the Order of St. Dumas, which is a.k.a. Azrael. But the thing I absolutely love about this is you find out that, you know, Gotham is always controlled by a Wayne, basically. And, you know, the Order of St. Dumas and Azrael from the, you know, this past need to, they want to control Gotham, basically. And if they get Wayne back in power, they want half. And I guess it's leading to one of them getting screwed over. I guess the Wayne is going to defeat, you know, Azrael in the past. And he's going to take over Gotham for himself. Kind of like how Batman does in the present day. And I've always just loved the aspect that the Waynes have always been a constant in Gotham. Whether they're good or evil. Because it seems like a lot of the older Waynes are kind of shady. And it kind of seems like Thomas and Martha were the first good ones. And then, of course, Bruce is like, you know, the patron saint of Waynes or whatever. Uh, although they're all kind of, if you really want to look at it, Batman's kind of shady. He breaks laws, he beats people, kind of all that stuff, but he's doing it for a greater cause or whatever. Anyways, I just always liked this idea that Gotham, the city itself, has always been like good versus evil. Like there's always been a Batman or a Wayne. And in that whole thing, there's also been like a Joker or a Two-Face or something of these different eras. I mean, when you watch something like Batman, uh, Gotham by Gaslight, same thing, you know, the Gotham is, I mean, not the Gotham, but Joker or somebody is, you know, Jack the Ripper, or, you know, they just have all these cool different mythos to them, but it always breaks down to there is a Wayne, they are the Batman, and then there are villains who are the Joker and whatever. I just always love that, and that is definitely what is happening in Curse of the White Knight. So there's that's going on in the past, but in the present, we're seeing Batman kind of struggling with this idea of revealing his identity because he thinks it's better for Gotham. And one thing that happens in this which I, I don't know, I thought it was awesome. Because sometimes, have you ever really just went into the idea of superheroes and thinking about all the consequences if they actually did reveal their identities? Which I think is really ridiculous about the MCU because everybody and their mom knows who the superheroes are and nobody has secret identities. Whereas in DC, they try really hard not to reveal their identities because they know that there's going to be a bunch of consequences. Well, in this comic book, there is this lady named Ruth that shows up to Bruce Wayne's office and starts telling her, because she knows he's Batman, telling her like, hey, you need to make this thing, this which is called the Jack Napier Initiative. I believe it's supposed to reveal 
all of the elites or who Batman is or I don't know what this initiative is exactly because I'm it's I you know I need to jog my memory but but essentially it's bad for these elites basically the top one percent of Gotham and uh and even for Batman and what this Ruth lady is I at first legitimately thought this was Amanda Waller when she walked in but it's not apparently she works for these elite people and she she wants the initiative to go away because it's bad for business and she also thinks it's bad for Gotham and Bruce is like who are you I'm going to expose you blah 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 like tell me who these elites are and she was like you're never going to know because some of them don't even know and I was like oh crap like this list has people that don't even know they're on the list which that was intriguing but one thing she talks about is you know Bruce is saying like I'm basically going to do whatever I want and she was like let me tell you something Bruce she was, uh, have you ever thought about the consequences of you revealing who Batman is? If you reveal who Batman is, you're going to lose all of your employees at Wayne Enterprises. You're going to lose all of your money. Everybody is going to sue you for every time you punch them in the face because you know they have money. Basically, she's calling out every little thing that would happen if he reveals who he is. And then he was like, and then you're going to have every villain in the world coming after your family because you revealed who you are and they want revenge. And that's the most simplest thing to think about when it comes to superheroes. And But sometimes I just love when people just say it out loud. They're like, look, man, don't be stupid. You reveal this. You're going to screw up everything. And that's basically what this character does. And, of course, Batman being Batman, he's like, I'm still going to expose you at, no matter, uh, uh, you know, at whatever cost it is. And I don't know. So you, there's this, like, power dynamic going there. And you find out later that Azrael is kind of working with this lady and she's all like, look, I'll give you everything you want. I just need you to take out, you know, the Batman and Bruce Wayne or whatever. So I think this is a that's basically where the story is going. Another interesting thing that happens in this story is uh, Jim Gordon is uh, trying to be mayor of the city. So he's giving a speech. And then the Joker, who was a big person in the previous issue, or I should say previous series, which was, you know, White Knight. He comes out on stage and he reveals that Gordon is just like he's a dumb detective because Barbara Gordon, aka his daughter, is Batgirl and he reveals that to all of Gotham. So now her life is basically ruined, which I think is really interesting and really crazy that, you know, they just went ahead and just Joker revealed Batgirl's freaking identity to the whole world, which is something he's never really done before because he doesn't care about people knowing who Bruce Wayne is or or Barbara Gordon or whatever. He knows them, but he, it's just funny to him. Like, he doesn't care about Bruce Wayne. He cares about Batman because he knows Batman is the real person. So I thought that was really interesting for him to just kind of out Batgirl like that, and I want to see what's going to happen with Batgirl going forward. From there, of course, we have Jim Gordon arguing with Barbara Gordon and Batman because, like, how could you allow this, blah, blah, blah. Then Batman goes over to Harley Quinn, and we find out that Harley Quinn is prego so we're going to have a harley quinn joker baby in the future which is really crazy because i was not expecting that i was not expecting a comic book character to get pregnant in a series like this so that was really interesting that harley is actually pregnant and she's gonna have a baby will this baby be crazy was she will it come out laughing and you know being all jokerized that'll be really interesting and it, from there, after we get that bombshell, it goes out to Azrael going after Batman. And man, does Azrael go after Batman in this? He basically uses Jarvis Tetch, if I'm not mistaken, to hack everything in the Batcave. Uses everything in the Batcave because apparently it's all connected against Batman. 
Batman's trying to survive. I mean, he's dodging planes. He's dodging Batmobiles. Everything. It's crazy. And on top of that, it looks like Azrael has planted bombs all over Wayne Manor. And he just blows everything to hell. And the last page from what I had... I'm, re I'm reading a review copy. I'm not reading the actual copy in my hands. Although I will be picking it up later this week. It just ends on a black page. So I think that's really interesting, especially when it comes to comic books, because a page is really important, but they just want you to think about the darkness that has happened. Like, you literally just saw the Batcave and Wayne Manor explode to hell. And I was just like, what? And you also see Azrael and his other two, I guess, disciples driving away in this big monster truck. Because apparently Azrael is actually somebody that has been in the military or has done a lot of stuff. He's an older guy in this. His name's actually John Paul Valley, which if you've read old Batman comic books like Nightfall, where he becomes Batman for a moment, you know he's usually a younger guy. But in this one, he's a lot older. He's dying from cancer. And he kind of just wants to get revenge on the Wayne family for taking bat or taking Gotham from him or his, you know, ancestors. So it's a really interesting story. Like I said, I have always loved Elseworld stories. And if you could just make something very interesting out of just something that's been around for 80 years, I'm all for it. I will read anything that has to do with Batman. Doesn't mean it'll always be good, but I am always a fan of reading something different. Because a lot of people think, oh, you can't do anything new. No, it doesn't really matter. You don't have to do something new. You just need to tell good stories with the material we got. And I think that's what's happening in The Curse of the White Knight. Uh, and also, if you're curious about, like, well, why should I read it? They have a lot of Batman animated series characters in it. So uh, I believe Sean Murphy, who is drawing and writing this comic book, kind of grew up on the Batman animated series. So he throws in a lot of, like, low-key characters that you might not even remember or think about but since I've seen the animated series so many times I'm like oh that's that character like and it's just it's really cool to read so if you haven't read anything by Sean Murphy I would highly suggest picking up Batman White Knight uh, that's already in trade you can pick that up in a whole book and then picking up you know each issue which I believe there's only one more issue after this of you know Batman Curse of the White Knight which would be really awesome, which is really awesome, sorry. But you picking it up would be pretty awesome too. But there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, this week's Batman News Weekly. That is some of the most exciting, best things going on in the Batman universe. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I do want to let you know that if you haven't subscribed to any of my YouTube channels where I am most of the time, definitely go subscribe to that. I have Juice from the Box. I have Bat from the Box, which is the Batman channel. And now... Just before last or after last week's episode, I renamed Juicy Games to Juice Reacts, where I will be reacting to a lot of the superhero show trailers, any of the movies that come out, and video games and other things that are interesting. I'll even be reacting to old videos that I covered back in the day. So if you want a channel that is going to be a lot more consistent than the other two channels, definitely go subscribe to Juice Reacts. Just because those videos are easier to put out for me. They're not hard to do the editing. So that channel will be very consistent going forward. Whereas the other two, I just want to make better content on those. So those videos will be a little bit more sporadic. But hopefully those videos will be evergreen videos that people will constantly want to watch. Uh, so yeah, that's what's going on in the YouTube world. Again, if you're not following the Bat From The Box Instagram account... Definitely go follow that because a lot of the stuff that I talked about in today's episode, I will be putting photos and videos on that Instagram account so you can kind of look at what I was talking about 
in this podcast. Again, I just want to say thank you to everybody that is downloading this, that is listening to this. I am trying to get it on Apple Podcasts and other places as soon as I can, but I'm still new to this whole podcast game. Anchor is doing a lot of the you know heavy lifting of shifting it out to other places, but I'm going to see if I can actually get it uploaded to other places quicker. If not, I really appreciate you listening to the, listening to this podcast on Anchor or Spotify or anywhere else it is on the internet. Sorry, I'm just my words are all over the place. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. Thank you so much for listening to the Batman News Weekly podcast. I am your host Juice Wayne. Remember when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself something. Bye, my daily dose of juice. See you guys next time.